1: You remember that one, Joel? Oh, by the way, vaguely. Uh, thank you for dropping in on us, Joel. And I were just having a conversation here, and I, I think he hit the record button. This is the Growing and Grace podcast. Uh, there used to be a, <laughs> I don't know if this was a national restaurant, but it was called the the Ponderosa. I think it Bill. was a steakhouse, and and they'd have this family sitting there banging their forks on the table, saying, "We want a square deal. We want a square
0: meal." You Kinda know, I I've, there. I've vaguely remember something like that i remember the <laughs> ponderosa and i remember ads for it vaguely i,
1: I say that because i'm kind of hungry right now i have been oh. trying to lose
0: some weight and <laughs> you oh, haven't eaten I in have four weeks
1: about pizzas and steak so oh
0: yeah no pizza good steak good i had all <laughs> yeah, well, at the time of this recording it would have been about a week ago that i went to I saw my sister, um, who I don't hadn't seen for a couple and a half years since my mom passed away, and so we were, went out to a place called Salt and Smoke, in a, a town north of St. Louis, and and so so I posted a picture, and somebody said um, asked a question something along the line of was that food was it healthy. And I, I said it was um, very unhealthy and very tasty. <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a brisket for one thing and oh it was just I mean it was just so good. <laughs> it was just really, really good. Did it but come I'm with sure. a brisket? Well, uh, it, it you know the weird thing? It was it came with this biscuit like thing. It looked like a an overgrown it, it was bread, but it looked in the shape of an overgrown mushroom and it was hollow inside. And But mm. but buttered. And that part was probably <laughs> unhealthy. And it was just, it was very, very good. But uh, like I said, very, very unhealthy. So if you would have been with us, we, you would not have been, been able to um, help yourself with your uh, weight loss program. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, a couple of programs ago, you, you said something. I'm going to go back to it. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, we were talking about, is there, a, is there a catch when it comes to the gospel? Is there any fine print? Is there anything we, we need to do? And I think you mentioned the phrase free lunch. You know, people say, <laughs> well, there's really no free lunch. Well, with Jesus, there is. And that's the gospel. That's the good news. And he even proved it because he did offer people free lunch. And right. <laughs> not only that, not only did he cover the tab on that, even though he borrowed a boy's lunch. Uh, there was basketfuls left over, right. lots of leftovers, and that's what grace is. There's always more grace than what is needed. It's an abundance of grace, Paul called it, which just means an overflowing and you know more than what is needed.
0: Yeah, grace upon grace, you know, abounding grace where sin abounded, grace hyperabounded, superabounded, and that's the that's something that we can rely on and more than. Our, you know, we were talking about last week more than our our list of things, our our self-made list of things that we need to do. Whether it's a whether we actually write out a list or whether we just carry a mindset of this burdensome list of things that we have to do um, when we've sinned, when we, you know, when we fall short, when we uh, feel like we're not doing enough, um, people carry around this mindset, and again, they might come up with it themselves they might get it from a church or denomination or a pastor or a leader or a teacher or um from for so, from anything you know the, we everyone comes up with their own ideas of what they have to do but w- in reality what we have in Christ is is <laughs> it's so much bigger than any list that we can come up with anything that we can do G- grace abounds and and super abounds. i, I like I just, I really like that word hype, you know, hyper grace. A few years ago, you know, almost 10 years ago, I guess, somebody came out with this book that was against hyper grace. And he, I think, unwittingly uh, coined a phrase that grace people have really latched to, this thing called hyper grace. Because that word where Paul says where, where sin abounded, grace super abounded. It really is a word that means hyper, in English, hyper-abounded. You know, the, the Greek word, hyper um hyper, comes from that. So grace, hyper-abounded. And so in Christ, that's what we have. We have hyper-grace. You know, I used to play a, a video game called hyperspace. And you see movies where um, they're out in space and they go into what's called hyperspace. And you're just... You're here one minute and then zoom, you're gone. You're way across the galaxy somewhere else because it's this super duper awesome thing. Um, and, and you you're, it you're translated into something into another place. and that's what grace has done to us. It's translated us into right standing with God, into firm standing with God. a firm foundation, a firm foundation in Christ. Uh, and there's nothing that we can do. To get ourselves out of his grace, and that's a good thing. That's that's the best thing, and so we can rely. It, grace is the point here. Grace is something that we can firmly rely upon, and not ever have to worry about being out of his grace because it 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 hyperabounds. It superabounds.
1: Yeah, isn't that funny? How <clears throat> you know the author was trying to <laughs> come across as critical about uh, too much grace? Mm-hmm. Uh, really, I mean that that's what was happening here. Um and I get it because I've been on that side of the fence. Um but and by the way we we had an honorable our podcast had an honorable mention. Right. right. I think he uh called us podcasters um back at that time maybe. Does that sound right?
0: I can't anyway. remember
1: it's been a while. But Yeah, something like that. Anyway, um so here's the problem. <laughs> here's the problem with the Hyperworks people. They will never, ever tell you specifically what you need to do. Oh, they'll make all kinds of implications. They'll, they'll hint around and throw out some, some things, but they, they won't, you know, they won't, they won't be able to tell you exactly what you need to do or what you need not to do and how much of it, and on and on and on and on, because there's no gospel in that. As we've been talking about here in recent weeks, uh, it's all over the map as to what kind of instructions you're going to get from the religious crowd, or what you might even make up for yourself and, and hope that that's good enough. It's just never going to work. So you've got these people out there, the HyperWorks people, who are talking about Cheap grace. You've mentioned greasy grace, Joel, and w- there is no such thing as cheap grace. That is fabricated. It's 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 made up. There's nothing cheap about grace because God gave His all uh, to provide us with this this grace um, to give us life. I mean, He gave His He gave His life. He gave He gave it all. There's nothing cheap about that. It cost Him everything. Um, that's born out of his love for his creation. So really what you do have out there, though, is it, not cheap grace, but you've got these hyper works people who are basically advocating for cheap law. And what is that? We, we we just touched on this briefly last week, but cheap law is when they will begin to make you think that you can follow some sort of a religious code Oh, it won't be the same code as what came through Moses that was handed to the Israelites. They'll pick a few pieces out of that, um, and then they'll just kind of blend it into whatever other man-made doctrine they're going to combine with it. Um, But they're going to try and tout some sort of law, some sort of works program for you to try to abide by, uh, again, without being overly specific, There will be some specifics in there, but not not entirely. And and what they're going to do is make you think they're going to try and shrink this big law package that Moses brought in with 613 commandments. They're going to try and shrink this down to a place where they can convince you that you can keep it. You see, that's why we grace renegades have more respect for that old, obsolete, uh, abolished mosaic law that's been put aside and brought to an end we have more respect for that law than those who advocate that you try to keep it because we realize that the law was never meant it was never given it was never meant uh, to uh, get people to live up to the demands it was given to show people that they could not live up to the demands right Uh, that's why the the law was given and so to try to shrink this down and somehow um, advocate that people can keep some sort of a religious code uh, and make themselves more acceptable to God, instead of just simply trusting in the blood of Jesus and the finished work of the cross. That is a, a problem. And uh, a phrase we used from the book of Hebrews a few programs ago, it's it's really an insult to the spirit of grace.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. God gave us his grace as a gift because he wanted to. That's 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 another thing to remember. God, God didn't reluctantly give us grace. He said, well, those people... They just, they're never going to make it um, unless I do something. So I, I guess I'll just, I'll give them some grace. No, but he God, that's his nature. God is full of grace. And he gave his grace because he wanted to, because he loves us so much. And he planned it, you know, from the beginning, you know, from before the foundation of the world. this The cross was planned. And it was all something that God wanted to do because he loves us so much. And we just do sometimes when we try to make our own way we try to make our own list or come up with our own ideas of what we have to do to keep right we we do kind of count the blood of jesus as a common thing we count the blood of jesus you know we kind of spin on it because we're saying it really wasn't good enough because there are some things that i have to do some some other things that people do i was just thinking about this is that you know they'll, they'll the law of course they'll water down the law but they'll also take They'll also take passages of Scripture, or maybe sometimes verses, out of context. Things that, you know, throughout Paul's epistles, for example, he gave many exhortations. Um, well, you have things like, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You have all the the one another's of Scripture. You know, like, be kind to one another, be loving to one another, do this for one another, be compassionate with one another. You have all these things that were Paul meant as just exhortations. This is a good way to be with each other. Another big one is, uh, I've heard people say this even recently, we're commanded to go to church. Hebrews ten twenty five commands us to go to church because it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much, as you, so much the more as you see the day approaching. That was an exhortation. It was, it was, a, and it was an encouragement for the people that the Hebrew people who had been under this law system, the Old Covenant system for so long, and now there was this new and living way that had nothing to do with the law, and the writer was just encouraging them to keep keep on meeting together, assembling together, because they could build one another up. They could encourage one another that way. It wasn't a command, but we'll make these things, these verses that were meant as exhortations and encouragements, Uh, we'll make these things into legalistic commandments and again by by doing that we'll it will just add this i got to do this i got to go to church every week i've got to do this and you know if you like going to church i'm not putting that down i'm just saying that it's not a commandment it's not something you have to do to stay right with god you know for many years i actually thought that you know if i missed a sunday morning or a sunday night or a wednesday evening if I wasn't there for one of those three times, I just felt bad. Even if it was because I had to work, you know, I just felt bad. Uh, but now I realize it's not a commandment. It's not a. It's not a requirement. It's a, it's a good thing to meet with other people. It's a good thing, um, and encourage one another and help each other out through this thing that we call life. Um, but we'll we'll take these things, these verses and passages, out of context and make uh, and just make our own laws. We talked. A few times on this podcast about the uh, the list of one thousand and fifty commandments that are in the New Testament scriptures. You know, someone people have taken time to come up with one hundred or a thousand and fifty commandments. It's not just six hundred and thirteen <laughs> laws; it's a thousand and fifty commandments that Christians have to live by. And and we've just weighed ourselves down and burdened ourselves with all kinds of rules and and commandments that. Um, It just brings us down when really in Christ we're free. We're free to just be who we are in Christ, free to get to know him by his grace, by his love, and not through uh, trying to live up to some certain standard or code of ethics.
1: Yeah, you know, when when God gave the the 613 to Israel, uh, it has roots going all the way back to Adam, but what he was really, again, trying to show people was... um, here, here's the here's the list. If you if you want to get there on your own, good luck with this. You know, people assume that those laws and commandments that were written on stone, because it wasn't just the Ten. God engraved the Ten, but the rest of the law was also eventually written on stone too, and and because it was all right. one law. Mm-hmm. But people think that this is going to reduce sin. It, it, it never even did that. Not only could it not bring righteousness. Not only could it not give life. <laughs> it couldn't even reduce sin it in it, it, uh, people under the law, people who were under that ministry, sin increased right. right So why do we want to chase after that especially after Jesus tore that wall down I mean he tore that stone tablet commandment wall completely down Ephesians chapter 2 uh, and uh, he 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 just abolished it, Paul wrote. and so with that in mind, there's all kinds of modernized versions of of religious rules out there, um, it's not usually going to have a whole lot of good news. It's not going to really have a whole lot of reflection of what the gospel is in it. And so we're here to encourage you week after week, as we've been doing for, for going on 18 years now, we're here to encourage you to just simply trust in what Jesus did. God had a plan from the foundation of the world. He fulfilled that plan. He enacted it. He fulfilled it. He finished it. We just we just rest in that, and and one more thing to add, Joel, because uh, Paul did admonish, uh, and said some some good things about now what now that now what that we're in Christ, if we're not going to follow the written rules, now what, uh, we, we go out and break them? No, we we don't keep them, we don't break them. We live in a, a different dimension. It's called the grace zone, <laughs> Rod <laughs> right. Um and and with with that in mind. There's a way to um, connect with God on, on a different level, a different paradigm, understanding who we are in Him, and and living. From that living from his life that abides in us the Spirit of God teaching us how to live and teaching us things to do and it's it's just a whole different animal even though some people have a hard time differentiating uh, this from the old way of, of rules and regulations it's it's a different animal um, but when you're walking by the Spirit as a partaker of the divine nature as a, as a righteous individual Uh, perfected and forgiven by God. Now we we start from there. But if you think you're just a sinner saved by grace and not the righteousness of God, somebody who continues to need forgiveness, then you're going to struggle in the days that you're on this earth. And God doesn't want us to have to wrestle with some of that stuff. He wants us to experience the assurance that came through